Amen. Amen. If you have a Bible, I'm going to invite you to turn to John chapter 5. I don't intend to preach, but Elder Hart asked me to share what's on my heart, and the Lord put this on my heart, so I want to share it with you. John chapter 5. I'll start reading in verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there was at Jerusalem, by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. If you look up the word Bethesda, you find that it means it's a a house of mercy. And it also is signified by flowing water. So I think they chose well when they named that pool, the flowing water, the house of mercy. And what happens here at this pool is very interesting. Verse 3, in these... In these five porches, is what it's talking about. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, everybody say blind, halt, everybody say halt, withered, everybody say withered. That's the type of people found in those five porches around that pool. A great multitude, it says. Blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. So get this picture in your head. There's the pool. It's, it's, it says it's right by the sheep market, the sheep gate, where daily, you know, in those days, every day those sheep are moved. I mean, you, you just have to read other verses in the Bible to see how common it was for sheep to be around. So this is kind of like a main part of town here, right? This is not off the back hills somewhere in Glead that nobody ever goes to. Right, no, this is right in the middle of town where the action is, by the market. That's where the pool is, and that's where these porches are, and that's where this great multitude of what the Bible calls impotent or sick people were laid. It says they waited for the moving of the water. Verse 4 Why were they waiting for the moving of the water? For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool. A certain season into the pool. And troubled the water. What happens to water when it gets troubled? It starts moving, right? So they're waiting to see the water moving because that's their sign. The angel has done what the angel does. Moved into that water, troubled that water. Whosoever then, first after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. I'm going to read that part again. Whoever stepped in first was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. 
Sounds like a pretty amazing pool, doesn't it? Now we know why there's all these people always hanging around there. And why, that's why we know there's that kind of person hanging around there, right? Because they're waiting for the troubling of the water because the first one in gets healed. It's amazing. Verse 5, And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. Thirty-eight years he had this infirmity. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? Jesus passes by Jerusalem, passes by the pool, where this, you think Jesus already knew what happened there? Of course, he knows everything, right? So he knows that if I'm going to Jerusalem and if I take the sheep way, I'll go by the pool of Bethesda. If I go by the pool of Bethesda, I know what I'm going to see. The five full porches, the, 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 the great multitude of people. And he, he fixates on this one particular man. It says, when, when Jesus saw him laying there, he knew he had been that way for a long time. And so he says to him, do you want to be made whole? It's the English translation, my English translation of wilt thou, do you want to be made whole? Now watch his response. Verse 7, the impotent man answered him, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Verse 8, Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. There's a lot that's happened packed in those little nine verses. It's a very, very powerful setting of Scripture. But first of all, the first thing that comes to my mind is when Jesus is on the scene, nothing else matters. The way that it's been happening doesn't matter anymore. He doesn't say, okay, I'll be the one to help you down first this time. We'll just sit here and wait. I got some time to kill. I don't mind waiting for a while. I'll be the helper for you. Nope. When he's there, he just says, by the way, I'm the healer. Rise up. Be made whole. So he's not confined to our parameters. We, we, have, a, we have a sense, even, even in this apostolic church, we have a sense of how God usually moves. And if I can wait till the right time, and when I feel that the angel has showed up and done his thing and the conditions seem right, if I can just make it to that point and then respond appropriately, then God can help me and meet my need. See, we're conditioned to think that, even today. I'm, I'm admitting to you I'm guilty of it. I don't know how often throughout the week I just think, man, I can't wait till church. can't wait till Sunday or Wednesday because I know I'm going to feel the presence of the Lord. When all of a sudden I just have to stop and think, wait a second. He's here, just like he will be there. He's not confined to our parameters. 
also interesting to me, though, and this is what spoke to me from this passage. This, this man, his first response is, I have no man to put me into the pool when the waters are troubled. How long has he been there? 38 years with this infirmity. He's been in that situation for 38 years. Now, the other types of people aren't all well-abled, fast sprinters, leapers, Olympic swimmers, high divers. No, it's other sick people, right? Other people with infirmities. Blind, halt, withered. Now, those other people that happen to beat him into the pool every time for 38 years, I guarantee you at least a few of them had to have somebody help them into the pool, right? The blind guy's not going to come along and stumble at the right time and happen to be the first one into the pool, I don't think. After 38 years, you would think he's seen somebody help somebody else and not help him. So he says, I have no man. What does that say about the other people that hung around for 38 years? Never once looking at this guy, hey, would you like to get in? I mean, I, I can help you if you want. That never happened in 38 years. The, the will was there. I don't, I don't doubt that, that he had a will to get into the pool and to be made whole. He, he, he wanted to. That's why he's there, hoping it's going to happen for me one day, like I've seen it happen for all these other individuals over this period of time. So he's there. He's got the will. Now, what, if this is today, what part do I play in that? I'm, I, I'm thankful I have uh, all my facilities, all my faculties. I can walk. I can talk. I can reach. I can help, I can think, I can speak. I'm thankful for that today. And that's the condition. So when we're talking about a physical condition, physically, I'm okay. Most of us in the room, physically, we're okay. okay right? We agree on that? Now, if we talk about that in a spiritual sense, I've been to that water spiritually. I've received my healing spiritually. I've had my need met many times before over. I'm thankful for that. So what should I be doing? What should, what should I be doing with my abilities, with my faculties? Not sitting by watching and, oh, I wonder who's going to get healed today. I wonder who might be the first, maybe it's going to be that guy that's going to be the first one in today. He's going to be the one to get healed. That's not what Jesus did, is it? You, you find somebody that, need, that, that has a need. You find somebody that has a need. I've been there. And now we're talking spiritually, we've all been there. In that place where we have a need. In that place where we 
can say, before I got my touch from the Lord, I was this way. And then after, I was made whole this way. I wonder how many people that we come in contact with on a regular basis, if we stopped and asked them, do you want to be made whole? Do you want a healing? Do you want a touch from the Lord, a spiritual or a physical or whatever your need is? What's your will? Do you want to be made whole? And I wonder how many of them would respond. I don't have a man to take me there. I don't have a person that would step in and get me where I'm supposed to be for that healing, to get me to the one that has the source. This struck me today because I know where the healing is. I know who the healer is. I'll even go as far as to say I know where some sick people are, those that need healing. I know exactly where they, where they reside. Even I'm not just talking about, you know, people as a whole. I'm talking about individuals in my life that the Lord has shown me, here's a person with a need. And if I was like Jesus, I could say, today I'm going to go this way, the pathway that I know they're on that will take me past them, take me to them, and ask them, do you want that? That is not a hard thing to do. I, no. It's a lot easier when you're standing here holding the microphone to say what's easy and what's not easy. I understand that. But we don't have to write out a, a, a sermon, a message, or a Bible study and feel like, okay, if I got this, 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 then I'm ready to ask. As soon as I see them, as soon as I recognize a need, that's what Jesus did. He saw and he recognized the need, and he asked, do you want to be made whole? Now, I'll give you another little tip. Often, and these types of people that we're talking about now are those that are hanging around. They're hanging around the source. They're hanging around the healing. They know where to go to get the healing. In my mind, that sounds like part, half the work's already been done for me, Right? I don't have to show, what language do you speak? Okay, let's start there. Good, we speak the same language. Have you ever seen a Bible? Yes, okay, good, you've seen a Bible. No, that part's already been done. They, they know where the answer is. They know where the healer is, the source. There's just this one little disconnect, what the Bible calls a man. I have no man to take me there. Would you pray with me, Lord Jesus? God, I want to be submitted to you with my will. God, I want to be someone who reaches out to others. God, I want to be willing to share the knowledge of you that I have, that, that you are the healer. 
God, that you are the Savior. You're the one, God, that has the answer. Jesus, I know that you are because I've experienced it myself. Jesus, you've led me to the waters. God, you've put healing in my body. God, you've saved me. You've put your spirit inside me. All of these things, God, I acknowledge and I've received. I'm thankful for it, Jesus. God, but I believe today you're challenging me. You're challenging me, God, not only to recognize these things, but to know what is it that I can do with it, Lord Jesus. Who is the person that's waiting on me? Who is the person, God, that's waiting on me to share, God, to help, to lead, Lord Jesus? God, I submit myself right now to you. Jesus, I want to be used in your kingdom. Jesus, I want to be used every day, Lord God. I want to lead my family to you, Jesus. I want to lead my friends, my co-workers to you. God, I want to lead my neighbors to you. Jesus, we believe, we know it's their will to be saved. God, we know it's their will to be healed, to be led to you, Jesus. I pray, let me have a tender heart, O oh God that I would be willing to step in and do my part. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to tell you one little story, then I'll be done. It's a quick, easy one. My mother loves to tell this story. Most everybody in the room has known Annabelle a long part of her life. When she was very young, she had a, really, a real challenge speaking and being understood. She knew what she wanted to say, but most of us had a hard time understanding her. So one time my mom was visiting, and Callum was just a little guy. I don't know, maybe two years old, if that. And Annabelle was trying to... Uh, express a need to my mom I, I want this and she she knew what it was and she was trying to say what it was and like most of us would do my mom's sitting there playing the guessing game you want you you want to go outside uh, you you want to eat something to eat you trying to figure out what is it what is this need and then her little brother who knows <laughs> he says she wants her light-up shoes oh you want your light-up shoes yes that's what I've been trying to tell you this whole time. That we, we, we can't underestimate or undervalue a place that God would give us in somebody else's life to speak for them, to help them, what the Bible calls advocate for them. We have an advocate with the Father that's Jesus Christ. Think about the work that he's done for you. And now he's called us to be like him. He tells his disciples, greater works than these shall you do. And now we think, okay, good. Who, who am I going to heal today? And maybe I can heal 100 people in a week. That sounds awesome. That's greater. But no, what he starts with. Jesus was not just a doctor. Okay, he wasn't just a physician looking around to make people better physically. That was not his intent. 
Now, it's a part of his nature. It's a part of his character to when he comes in contact with a sickness to heal it. But there's always a greater purpose than that. There's always more to a healing. You could use John chapter 5 as a perfect example because those nine verses, they just set the stage for everything else that happens after that. It's his nature to say there is a greater need here. If that's the way that he works, I want that the way, to be the way that I work. I want to be one who goes around looking for where I can help. Who needs a hand to step into the pool? Who's somebody out there that has the will, has the desire to reach into God's world, if I can put it that way? I don't know. They have, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not trying to belager this belabor this but these individuals you find them looking for God you find them searching seeking for God that's the condition that they are in presently at whatever point you're put in their life Now, the problem is, though, they don't just come out and say it. Oh, you look like somebody who knows Jesus. Why don't you tell me what you know? No, that happens sometimes, but not often. More often, that part of them is guarded. It's hidden. But that does not mean they're not interested. It does not mean they don't care. They don't want to know. They're not seeking. That's that's the, the, the key or the tip that I was talking about from this story of the, where the lame man was. Verse 1 says that Jesus went to Jerusalem. He had a place to go. He had a reason to be there. But verse 2 says, in Jerusalem, at Jerusalem, there was the pool. There was the setting. So where do I need to go? Where, what, what, what's my plan? I, I have, I've got somewhere i got to be. At that place could be your Bethesda, could be your setting for where this miracle, where this healing is going to take place. Right by the sheep gate where they go every day. Elder Hart, I'm going to turn this over to you. Why don't you pray with me where you're sitting right now? Would you do that? Would you talk to the Lord with me? In the name of Jesus, come on, talk with him. Talk with him about his word that you have heard. About the calling that he's placed on your life. About walking in the ministry and the calling of God. Jesus, we hear your voice. We hear your word. We know that you've come to seek and to save that which is lost. We know your desire, Father, to minister in the earth. We are your body, your hands, your feet, your voice going, reaching. As we yield to you, as we yield to your spirit, as we give ourselves to the leading of your spirit. 
I pray, Father, a realization and a recognition day by day as we walk. That your spirit, Lord, would lead us. That we would fulfill our God-given calling and purpose daily. To be used of you for your glory and for your purpose. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. We recognize your spirit here this morning. Your sovereign presence. Present to work, Lord, and we wait upon you. We wait upon you and what you want to do, Father. We can do nothing of ourselves, but we are completely dependent on you and yielded to you this morning. I pray, instruct, and direct according to your desire. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's interesting. We don't have situations where we try to get people in pools anymore. We've, we've. I don't know if I'd say progressed. We have moved. Um, We now, if we're not careful, we have the mentality, well, if I can get them to go to church with me, then the church is the church building, the gathering for service. You understand we the people are the church. It's easy to shift into the mentality and the thought process well, if I can get them to church, then, then, and clearly we're not against bringing people to the house of God to worship together and see what the Lord will do. But notice Jesus didn't get him in the water. Jesus came to where he was, which is what's been shared here this morning, and If you and I are the church and we're filled with the Spirit of God, the Lord Jesus Christ dwells in us. The responsibility is not to get them to the church. The responsibility is to be yielded and let God manifest himself through us to their lives. You believe that? what he wants to do you know it was a sheep market it was a pool where sheep came it it wasn't this beautiful crystal clear watery pool with chlorine and a nice filter and you know beautifully scrubbed sides and a nice crystal blue or clear blue bottom and you know You can picture that when you read the scripture, but you slow down and read. It was a sheep market beside the pool. Sheep did what sheep do. Sheep probably went in the pool. The reason there were five porches is because of what was shared with us from the scripture. People started realizing this happened. And so what started there is just one before 
too long, somebody built another porch to take care of all the needs, and then somebody built an, and so it just kept building and kept building and kept building. It grew because of the need was great. And I don't know, I sort of imagine a progression of the system where all those that were closest got in first, and then those that have been waiting, they sort of worked their way down if somebody could help them. The reality is people don't. We have to be careful that we don't get our eyes fixed on what we think the answer is. The man thought the answer was getting in the water. That's what he thought the answer was. Have you ever found yourself thinking you know what you need? Just me. I'm the only one that's ever done that. Oh, I know what I need. If I could just get in the water, then everything would be fine. You fill in the blank. If I could just, or if this just then, if that then, if, 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 if. He was so fixated on what he thought he needed that when Jesus Christ, the answer was in front of him and asked him the most basic question to his need, his response was not yes. Is it possible that you and I can have fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ day in and day out? And we can be so fixed on telling Him what we need that we're not allowing Him to do what we need in our lives. Lord, you need to do that. You need to get me in the water. Well, that might be what I... Sorry, I wasn't trying to beat on you there. And we get fixed on a need, on what we think the need is. I was speaking with somebody a few days ago. It was interesting. The Lord had been dealing with me about a specific subject in Scripture. Been turning in my heart. I've been praying about it. I thought we might teach about it, but it doesn't seem to be the case. But the Lord was dealing with me about it. And this individual, nobody here today, uh, just in case you... Uh, this individual, I was talking to them, and they had asked me, they said, hey, would, would you pray for me? This is, and shared a situation that they were dealing with and needing prayer for. And when they said that, the Lord quickened to my mind the things he'd been dealing with me about, and I'd been digging in in the Word, and it would seem completely unrelated to their need that they described. But I knew when they shared that, I knew, Brother Joel, I knew what the... I was like, this is why the Lord's been dealing with me about it. And so I stopped this individual, and I said, you know what? This may not make any sense to you, but I have to tell you this. I said, I'm going to pray with you. And I said, I believe the Lord wants to answer and work according to your request. But this is what I feel like you need to do for the Lord to work. If you'll begin to ask the Lord to lead you in forgiveness... That situation you're wanting healed in your body. I can't explain that. And I couldn't to them. And that's exactly what I told them. When I shared that, they broke down and just began to weep. I don't know what was going on in their life. But the Lord knew. And somehow, they were just, no, I just need this to happen in my body. But the Lord saw beyond what was going on in their body. And apparently all I can figure is that the unforgiveness they were holding on to 
was simply allowing the affliction in their body to continue. See, we get so fixed on what we think we need. He knows what we need. That's why the scripture says he knows what we have need of before we ask him. I have felt the quickening of the Lord here in a great way today. And he is present to minister. I, I felt it stirring when I woke early this morning. I, I felt it in the prayer room. I felt it throughout worship. And he is present to minister. I'm asking you to stand with me. Praise God. I, um, just pray with me. I'm waiting. We're waiting on the Lord right here. We're waiting on the Lord right here. Ikata reboshiti amandele kita. Come on, reach to him with your spirit. With your spirit, reach to him right now. He's here to minister. Itolo bokori amashiolo bokori alamateyo kiti emendi alabahaye. Itaramashitolo bokori ataha. Itareboshiti ereledi aramaye kitahare toyoboshitaha. Come on, that's right. It's his spirit that's beckoning right now. His spirit working. Jesus Christ, it is you that does the work. It is you, Father. We trust in you today. We yield to your spirit. In Jesus' name. We are, we are people of feeling. And so we often desire feeling before we respond. Or, I could say this a different way, we respond to feeling. Right? The, the Lord gave us feeling when he designed us in our humanity. But he intended that our response would be in faith, not in feeling. Faith is in response to his word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of the Lord. The the prompting of the Lord that dealt with me during worship. It was so clear and strong, almost in the middle of worship, jumped up and just grabbed the microphone right then. But I felt to wait. 
And it's interesting to me because during worship, many of you are feeling that strong drawing of his spirit. Some of you are still feeling it. Some of you are going, well, that feeling's not there right now because the music's not playing. Or, but the same spirit of the Lord is still present. This is what I felt in the Holy Ghost. Someone has to want, they have to want to be healed. They have to want to be delivered. They have to want to be made whole. The reason you and I have to want that, we have to want to be made free. The reason we have to want that is because if we don't want it and God does it, it means that God is forcing his will on us and not allowing us to choose. So it's a matter of I have to desire that. That's the reason Jesus asked the man at the pool, will you be made whole? Is it your desire to be made whole? Even though the guy didn't say yes, his response told Jesus he's wanting to be made whole. So it has to be a desire and a will of yours. Have you ever... You probably should sit down for a second again here. We're, we're going to pray here in a second. I, just, I, I thought we were getting ready to do that right now. But You ever met somebody... Don't raise your hand. Don't punch your neighbor. Have you ever met somebody that could tell you their problem, tell you their situation, and while they're telling you, you're sitting there listening and you're hearing and you're thinking, I know what you need. Anybody ever had to happen? Before? Maybe you can raise your hand. Anybody ever had to happen before? You heard some, right? But you know, I can't tell them what they need. I know what they need. But I can't tell them because they ain't going to listen anyway. It ever had to happen? Because they're not interested in you telling them what they need, right? They're just interested in dumping their problem. They're not interested in change. They're not interested in a solution unless the solution is what they've already predetermined. They want it their way. You've met people, we've all met people like, I, I probably, not probably, I've been guilty of being a person like that at times in my life at different spots and places along the journey. And you have too, if you're human. The issue was they didn't really want change. They didn't want the answer. What they wanted was someone to feel sorry for them or someone to take their side or someone they weren't interested in no I'm telling you this because I need healing I need deliverance I want change in my life but when you find the individual that says no I want change in my life I want the work of God in my home I want the will of God in my family I want God to do whatever he's got to do for me and my family my home for my walk with him I, I whatever you got to do Lord you find someone like that and then the Lord can do a work and minister and bring change and affect a life so it is on our jobs and our day-to-day, -day, as Brother Flowers was talking about. When we come in contact with someone, if there's a genuine will, 
then it creates a flow of the Spirit of God where something can take place. I remember, I remember meeting Brother Martin almost seven years ago. And I, I still remember to this day playing basketball with him on the court down at the Lions uh, basketball courts where it was too slick. So lucky for him, otherwise my cuts probably would have broke his ankles. But uh, it was really slick on that. You remember that? Seven years ago, I remember it. And I remember a conversation with him at that basketball court. I remember leaving that day. And I remember leaving and knowing he did not repent it yet. Him and I have talked about this. He's not ready for change. He's saying some of the right stuff. He's not ready. What do you do with that? I'll tell you what I did with it. I prayed, God, please turn his heart. Turn his heart. Turn his heart. God turned his heart. Took five years more in prison. But when he got out two and a half years ago, is that about right? His heart had been turned. And when I met him the first time after that, I knew his heart had been turned. I could tell. And the work, and we've all witnessed what God has been doing in his heart and in his life. Why? Because there was a willingness that said, I would be made whole. I'm not just wanting to say and do the right stuff. I'm wanting change in my life that transforms where I am and how I am to what you want me to be and how you want me to be. got to be a desire you understand the devil is not strong enough to stop an individual that has a will to get to God you understand that it's not possible don't give him that credit Satan does not have that power the human will is greater than all the power of Satan It is. Let me give you an example. You read the story in the scripture about the man called Legion had thousands of devils. Remember that story? Tombs of Gadara. He ran and lived in the tombs, was naked. They tried to bind him with chains and he'd just break them apart because he was so possessed with thousands of devils. But when Jesus stepped off a boat onto the seashore, the man in the tombs that was filled with demonic spirits... The scripture says he ran to Jesus, fell at his feet, and worshipped him. He that ran was the will of a man to get to Jesus. And the will of the man was greater than every demonic spirit that possessed him. And when he got to Jesus, Jesus delivered him. That's how strong the human will is. That's why if the human will says, I don't want to be changed, I don't want to be healed, I don't want to be delivered. You can pray till the cows come home and nothing's changing. And the enemy would love to 
beat up somebody's faith because, man, I'm praying, but nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. And I'm, I've prayed against every devil I know to pray against. I, you're not fighting the devil. You're fighting a human will. And you cannot pray the human will to change. I mean, you can pray God sends circumstances to affect their lives so that their will will change. I prayed that for some of you in this room. The Lord wants to heal and deliver. He's present to minister. But it's a matter of what I desire as well. Do I want him to change this in my life? Do I want this transformation in my life? You can stand with me again. I hear the Lord asking us. Elder Flowers talked to us about reaching into our world. And it's true and fitting and right. I feel the Holy Ghost asking us today. Some of us in this room. Would you like to be made whole? Would you like to be set free from that which binds you against your will? Would you like to be delivered from that that has you bound in addiction, has you bound in those things contrary to where you would like to walk and live in Christ? Would you like to be Praise God. Praise God. Why don't you talk to him right now? In the name of Jesus. Ikotori alabasi tolo bokoye. Itare bokoshi aratahaye kitaha. The Spirit of the Lord is present to deliver today. He is present to deliver and make whole. The Lord is present to deliver and make whole. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, as you're praying, I'm asking you, if you're here in this room and you're wanting to be set free from an addiction or a bondage in your life, I'm asking you in faith to step out. Come on, this isn't saying, man, something's, I'm just got everything wrong with me. It's just saying, no, I recognize there's some places in my life I need deliverance from. I've been battling and fighting, but I'm not breaking free. I want to be set free. I want the Spirit of God that's present to work in my life, to deliver me in this area. I'm bringing it to you, Lord, in honesty and integrity, Lord. Believing your word and acknowledging that it's my will for you to work in my life, Father. I desire you to do this that I cannot do myself. And so I'm yielding to you today and to the beckoning of your spirit, to the request of your word to be made whole. Come on, there's others. If you want deliverance in your mind, the Lord can deliver your mind from bondage and addiction today. In the name of Jesus, if you need deliverance in your body, He can deliver your physical being from bondage and addiction today but I'm asking you in faith to step out 
Come on, he's not making a show of you. He's not humiliating you. He's just, you're just acknowledging by a stepping out in faith that, Lord, I'm willing it as much as you are. I'm desiring it like you are. And so I'm stepping saying, yes, Lord, I will be made whole. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Let my mind be taken by your spirit and set free. Let my body be taken by your spirit and delivered. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, it's a work of his spirit. It is a work of his spirit. It's not a work of a man. It's a work of His Spirit. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, we're praying and waiting on the Lord. The Lord is working here. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, don't let pride get in the way of stepping in faith and saying, Lord, me, in my life, yes, in my life, Lord, your work and your will, in my life, Lord, your plan and your purpose to make whole, to deliver, to set free in Jesus' name. Those of you that are here, find someone to pray with as the Lord would lead you. Let His Spirit direct you in praying with others. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. This is the body ministering to one another. This is the work of the Spirit ministering one to another. It's the Spirit of the Lord working to minister. He's not humiliating anybody. He's not embarrassing anyone. He's simply saying, someone said, I will. And so he said, he will. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus we pray. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus we pray.
chains Fear The past is over All my shame Guilt Sin Forgiven No more chains Fear is over all my shame guilt sin forgiven no more chains fear past is over oh, and i can't go back won't go back to the way it used to be
that Jesus showed up at the pool of Bethesda and made a big show. Anybody picture it that way? I don't think he showed up and went in going, I'm here. The one that heals people. And I don't think he did that. I don't think there was any hype or build up to his arrival. He was simply present and there was a need. And because he was present and there was a need and there was a vessel willing to receive, he was willing to work. I love it when the Lord manifests himself and there's a, a great move and we, we see the evidence of it and, and we're charged in our spirit. And I love that. I really do. He knows we need that. But we also have to come to our place in our walk in relationship with him where when I don't feel any of that, I don't see it. When he doesn't do some big, grand, hype, emotional, that I realize, oh, no, hold on. I, I may not be seeing a bunch of stuff, but my spirit bears witness that the word of the Lord is true and the spirit of the Lord is speaking expressly. And so I lay hold on the word of God in faith. thankful for what God has already done here this morning you say how do you know how can I have the confidence in the word of God and the working of the spirit of God amen the word of God and the spirit of God to work why is this so important I'll tell you why because if we think there's got to be some hype and build up an emotional feel how are you going to create that on your job? Oh, I'm so thankful for what I feel right here in the shop right now. Guys, gather around. Let's sing a song together. And then I'll pray for you after the Spirit of God begins moving. We've sang two or three songs. I might even take an offering here in the shop. And then we'll pray and see what God will do. Yeah, how's that going to go over? No, but see, we're so conditioned. Let me know how that works. We're... We're, we're so conditioned to this environment. And so what I feel happening here in the Holy Ghost today, as people were praying and I was just waiting, the Lord was working. The Lord was operating. But the Lord didn't let us do it with some big amount of hype or build up or it's either going to be a response in faith or not you heard the word of God you received the word of God and you say I believe the word is true it bears witness in my spirit and many of you stepped in faith and when you stepped in faith God responded to your faith it works the same way because he's the same God on the job in school window shop courthouse pet store same way when we recognize and realize I am the body of Christ 
we are the body of Christ. Filled with the Spirit of God. And now where I go, He goes. And my first and foremost responsibility every day is to Him and His kingdom and His purpose through my life. How do you want to use me today, Lord? What do you want to do? You say, well, does that mean I'm going to feel? No, you're probably not going to feel something a lot of times. You're just simply going to respond in the moment when He prompts. The same way that example I shared with you about the person that asked me to pray for him. I wasn't feeling a whole lot, but when they asked, man, I was prompted to what the Lord had been dealing with me about for several days, and I knew this is what it's about. We put too much pressure on ourselves to produce something. Hear me, if you put pressure on yourself to produce something, when something happens, you're going to take the credit for it. But if you put no pressure to produce and you just simply go, I just want to lay on the altar, sacrifice my life for his kingdom and his purpose. And then when he does it, he gets all the credit and glory. And if nothing happens, I don't feel guilty or condemned or like I got to do something to earn it. I just was yielded and he did it or he didn't. That's his business. Amen. Can we thank the Lord together right now? Jesus, you are great and mighty. There is none like you. You are righteous and holy and your ways are past finding out. Your love is certain. It is unconditional toward us. Your desire to use us is evident and clear. It's established by your word as spoken today. I pray, Father, in your body, the will and the work of the Spirit of God. As we go from this place, let us go in the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost that you would be magnified. I pray that men would see good works and glorify you, our Father according to the word of God that lives would identify with you that your will would be done in the name of Jesus we thank you, we praise you, we give you glory today everybody said amen may the Lord bless you may the Lord lead you and may the Lord use you amen, you're dismissed today in Jesus name praise God